You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beer and Howard Griffin. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network. Kind enough to join us on the show. Howard, week one is in the books. Yes. I guess the biggest question, did we learn anything about the Big Ten? Woo. You know, that, that's an interesting one, right? Uh, you think about Ohio State not playing as well as they probably should. I think they've got, you know, obviously a few things that they need to work out. Uh, particularly at the quarterback position, but they look better on the defensive side. But the past game wasn't what we've seen it to be or would have expected. Uh, Michigan kind of handled their business, but, uh, you know, there were some struggles early. I just think back to them trying to come off the goal line, uh, three straight plays and not gaining a yard. It's kind of tough when you think about the type of offensive line they have. You even think about Michigan State, you know, they struggled early. You know, they couldn't get on, but then, you know, they finally figured it out and, and started to move forward. I, I think a lot of these teams are, are going through, you know, the, the growing phases of uh, week one. You know, you see a lot of missed tackles normally in week one. You see some, uh, some kind of snafus sometimes in special teams and coverage. So I don't know that we learned a lot necessarily uh, about our teams thus far. Penn State looks really good. Uh, if you really want to point to one team that probably had a – a complete game, but even they weren't as dominant defensively as we were expecting. But if you look at all of them right now, I think Penn State probably give them a little bit of an edge uh, about who they are right now. And and now you got to look at it. <laughs> like it or not, all eyes are going to be on Nebraska and what they can do with Colorado. <laughs> now, unfortunately, Nebraska didn't realize when they scheduled this game, they were going to be on the center stage of the college football world. Dion, Coach Prime, what he's got going on with 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 Colorado, I, I guess looking at it as a whole, with looking with Nebraska, it's just Howard. They can't get out their way. I, I don't know if you yeah. saw, ever saw the movie Life, but they uh-huh. just, it can't get right. Uh, can't get right. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, yeah, you I, know what? You can't keep losing all these games like this, can you? No. What is it? Two and fourteen, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it's crazy because you saw some of the same things that they have been doing in previous years, whether it was penalties uh, at the wrong time, uh, whether it's not being able to execute. And, and now they find themselves uh, at the epicenter of, you know, college sports, really. I think right now, if you had to, you had to pick probably one of the most influential People in sports right now and college athletics right now, it's Deion Sanders and, and what he's been able to accomplish um, last week. I mean, and I, I don't really care that, you know, TCU is probably is not as good as they were last year, uh, you know, missing some people. Um, but the reality is this. I think 
what it's what it's turning into and what what we've seen uh is that you can literally go to a place go to a program overhaul the entire roster and if you put in the right systems because i think that's an important part when you talk about colorado right they put in the right system that's going to fit them particularly offensively um they're going to put up points it's crazy rico i mean i went back you know it's saturday so we've got all our games on but across the ticker you're just seeing the points and you're seeing uh, the yardage just continued to mount and scores going back and forth. And then I had to go back and look at the film. So when I went back and looked at the film uh, Sunday, man, they were just, they were out leveraging the defense. And what I mean by that, they were sending four receivers vertical or mm -hmm. sending four receivers into the route. And if they weren't blitzing somebody, the back was leaking out into the route. So that was five guys you had into the route. And the quarterback only needed to find, you know, the open guy or where the mismatch was. And he did an unbelievable job of doing that. Now, listen, they missed some tackles. TCU missed some tackles. But this is one of the things that, you know, Nebraska is not going to be able to afford to miss tackles in no. this game. They're going to have to be fundamentally sound in this game. Uh, sure, they probably believe that they can move them around because of what Colorado's defense, the yardage and the points that they gave up in this one. But this game is going to come down to, you know, really keep away. Who's got the ball last? They can't afford to have four turnovers uh, and expect to win this game because the atmosphere in Boulder, I don't even know if it's going to be because I, I played against those teams in the late 90s or in the early 90s, Eric Bieniemy uh, and those guys. And the atmosphere was crazy then. But the atmosphere this Saturday is going to be epic. I mean, everybody in college athletics is watching what's going on because of what happened last week. And, you know, Nebraska better bring their A game. Otherwise, they could get run out of that place. Nebraska is at least known for their defense because it's just funny because you would think that the point spread would be this drastic thing. And yeah. it's, it's really not, which leads <laughs> me to think maybe we, we see the return of the black shirts and they actually can go in there and, and, and bring Colorado down because I got to think that after a week of everybody telling you how pretty and special yeah. you are, it's hard to stay focused. How are you a player? Yeah. Like, and you know, people say, oh, you could block that out. You don't, no. really, you hear. Not it. if you've never done it before. True. If you've never been there before. And as a team, you know, they've got individuals that have been in this situation before, but as a team, as a collective, they have not. And uh, I think one of the things that's really been impressive about what Dion has done there to this point. We're one week in, but the, I think the coaches that he put in place, you know, I, I talked in all season, I thought he did an unbelievable job of hiring, you know, his, his coordinators and the people that are, that are in position to coach these young folks, but they have some, some high level talent. And if you out leverage to get out leverage, it's a problem. I mean, it was, they, uh, TCU had him fourth and two. I think thing goes for uh, 46 yard touchdown. Yeah, You know, 75, I mean, the explosive plays that they had on the offensive side, 15 yards or more, they had eight of those. And, and they came at big-time moments. And when TCU was trying to score, they were right there. And Travis Hunter picks it off on the goal line. I mean, there were some incredible yeah. plays made in this play by in this game by Colorado. It was. It was funny because I, I'm trying to watch the, the Michigan game and like, OK, let me see what I can learn. Mm -hmm. And it, and my eye just kept going over to the to the Colorado game. And OK, yeah. well, I'm just going to watch a little bit of that. OK, I'm going to watch a little bit more of that. 
And before I know it, I'm just like, okay, Michigan's up 30 to nothing. <laughs> I'm done with this game. I, right. <laughs> I, this is exactly how we thought it was going to be. Now, one that wasn't what I thought was Ohio State and yep. Indiana. Mm-hmm. And because here's the thing going back to Craig Krenzel, Ohio State just has that guy at quarterback. Whoever they anoint, that's him. Mm-hmm. And, heck, remember, they won a national title with their third-string quarterback, Howard. Mm-hmm. They literally grow them on trees. So yeah. I was a little taken back when when you look and you're like, wow, I think Harrison finished with two uh, catches. And it's like, mm-hmm. does, does McCord not know who's his receivers? Because this, <laughs> this should have been something easy. Yeah. I think you – so let's talk about the quarterback situation. And I think – we all get excited about what Ohio State's quarterbacks have done. You go back to, you know, Dwayne Haskins, who really started that first round, um, you know, consecutive years of having it in uh, Fields and Stroud. I mean, these guys have really put up unbelievable numbers. But I will say this, they all struggled early. Now, I don't know that they struggled the way McCord struggled. I'm sure they didn't. But I think they had a, a much stronger run game with them at that particular moment. But I think this is a, this is going to be a work in progress. I, I think Ohio State's trying to figure out who they're going to be offensively. Um, you know, there was whether or not uh, Hartline is, was going to – he's off the offensive coordinator, obviously. So is he calling the plays? Did he call the plays the entire game? How is Ryan Day going to handle that, that part of his duties moving forward uh, when the team seems to not be clicking on all cylinders? They've got to figure out a way to make that happen because it's not going to be good enough just to be able to throw to the tight end. And the tight end, Stover can put up some some big numbers. But if, if you're going to him all the time, that means they're doing an unbelievable job on the outside of covering your receivers, right. which is a little bit of a problem. And then you couple that by you know Ohio State not having as, as many plays. They didn't run as many plays in this game. And I think Indiana had a lot to do with that right. defensively and also – they're running the option. I mean, they told us when we were there that this was where we were going. We're going to run the option uh, and, and try to play keep away in time of possession. And, and that's what they were able to do. Ultimately, obviously, Ohio State was able to pull away with the victory and win the game. But this is how we're going to see this Indiana team play. And you kind of wonder um, what kind of adjustments this Ohio State team is going to need to make to really gain confidence in themselves. Because we look at this team is trying to win – uh, a national championship, trying to be a part of 14 playoffs, trying to beat Michigan to win the Big Ten. So, you know, we don't know where they are, and it looks like it's going to be a work in progress at least the first part of the year until they find out just who they are offensively. And then I think, as you said earlier, I think Penn State probably had the best win. You played a Power yeah. 5 school mm-hmm. in West Virginia. You played them at home, and – it wasn't a complete game, yeah. but I sat there and said, okay, even though we didn't know who the starting quarterback was going to be, I think mm-hmm. we all knew Drew Allen <laughs> I've done, yeah. and, and he did. He looked great out there. Franklin had that team going, and, and mm-hmm. it looks like Penn State is tr- seriously trying to make people say, okay, don't forget about us. Oh, yeah. People talk Michigan. They talk Ohio mm-hmm. State, but we're not going anywhere either. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this is this is probably Franklin's best team, uh, best football team. And, and probably you couple that with the best roster that he's had uh, since he's been there because it's talent up and down that roster. And, and again, I go back and I, I mentioned the defense not being as dominant because they've got guys over there 
who are absolute game changers, right? Yeah. And uh, Abdul Carter is going to be, you know, a, a special player. We ran this uh, this series uh, called Stick City. Um, the guys that have worn number eleven, and it goes back to Lavar Arrington. And you know, as I'm watching this, I, listen, Lavar Arrington is one of the the best linebackers, the best players ever to play in college at the college level. And you watch just where a guy like Michael Parsons is right now, where a guy like Abdul Carter, you continue to see the athleticism on full display. And LeVar was an unbelievable athlete for his time. Yeah, he was. But right now, you look at the way Michael Parsons plays the game. When you look at the way Abdul Carter plays the game, I mean, they – the athleticism, it's off the charts where they are. And I think that's why there's so much hype around um, what Carter can do at the collegiate level. And now you, you kind of project him to that next level uh, because you see what Micah Parsons is doing. And, you know, they're, you they're like cut. Being linebacker, you? Man, yeah, they, they're there with those guys. I mean, because, you know, they just have some guys there that are, are they're just different, right? And, you know... It, it, it's a special group out there. All right, Howard. Now, here's something that I think we both shared this past weekend. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What was your level of stress watching your alma mater play? Because for me, the first half was not fun. I'm at yeah. Spartan Stadium. I'm, I'm yep. and and I'm actually I'm on the field because I want to hear what the crowd is like. And after the third series, there were some boos. Now it wasn't mm-hmm. raining down, but there was yeah. some. And I had to think like, is, is Mel Tucker gonna switch quarterbacks? Does he go with the yeah. other guy? Or does he ride this out with Kim? Now, he eventually, I think he made the best decision because the game slowed down for Kim. I mean, he yeah. was overthrowing passes. You could the, He had the nerves, jitters. But then the second half, they pull away. You see the Henry one-handed catch. Malik yeah. Carr decided he wanted to start catching some balls. Mm-hmm. It, 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 got, it was better. But for that first half, you're thinking – Central Michigan is about to do this for yeah. the fourth time coming to Spartan <laughs> Stadium. Yeah. And then I'm I'm watching your game against Toledo, and I'm just like, is is Daquan Finn and Toledo about to put one on the belt? I give him credit, Altmeyer, your leading passer, your leading yeah. rupture. I mean, I think he was also passing our hot dogs in the stands. Yeah, he, he was doing it all, and they needed him down the stretch, came up with a big play on, on fourth down. As he admits to, I, I didn't even see the play happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, know how that play. Honestly, right. I was like, oh, no, wait, he caught it. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, but you know what's crazy? I, I think when you talk about these, I mean, these are games. Um, you look at Michigan State starting, struggling, and I think we talk about Kim a little bit. It's hard, man, when you've been in a quarterback battle and you're asked to you go out, you, you're, you're anointed, you're, you're given a starting position or you earn the starting position, but you know it's the guy on the sideline that's chomping at the bits to get in there. And it's, I mean, you're over your shoulder, you're tight, you're not able to play as loose as you, as you want. Um, and it's one of those things. And, you know, he finally settled down, got comfortable. They started calling some plays that, you know, they could build some confidence in him, got the run game going some. And, you know, I think all of those things are, are big parts of, of trying to give your, your offense, you know, the type of confidence that you need. And you talk about Illinois. I mean, it was, it was a struggle, but this is a Toledo team, you know, the, that's going to win the Mac again. It looks like, uh, you know, they're talented at quarterback, extend plays, make things happen. Um, you know, they have a really good offensive line. Uh, and one of the things, they get rid of the ball so quickly, it kind of negated what Illinois was able to do as far as the pass rush is concerned. So there were, you know, there are struggles in those games. But for Illinois, that was a game they would have lost last year or the year before. So to have to go through that and finding a way to win, you know, shows you that the team is is building and, and they're, you know, knowing that they can't make these mistakes and, and trying to correct it now. With all that saying, they got a tough one this weekend having to go to Kansas. <laughs> this yeah. is going to be a it, this is going to be a big time game for Kansas. They're excited about it. I think it's a sellout there. So, you know, they they're going to have to uh, rise to the occasion uh, once again. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Illinois, and you know, I think Michigan State will be be in a good situation as well. I mean, for Michigan State, this is the you get Richmond coming in. They just they're mm-hmm. off. Of a, Upset loss to Morgan State. Yeah. I look at this as a game for Kim and that offense to really start to click and for the defense to kind of get together because next week, I've, I've said it all summer long, yeah. that's your test. You yeah. got a potential Heisman Trophy candidate in Michael Penix who knows mm-hmm. everything about Spartan Stadium because yeah. he's torched him uh, when he was a Hoosier. They're coming mm-hmm. in there next week. So I think this is a week where – Man, you got to fine-tune everything because I said for me, look, you don't want to overlook your opponent, Howard, but if you're Michigan State, this is one of those games where you you probably want to score a touchdown on your first three possessions, kind of establish we are the dominant team here. We won't let this be a close game. As a matter of fact, we're going to let our backups get in and get them some practice so we can rest our starters. That, to me, is the only real victory for them. If this thing goes like it did last week, Mm -hmm. Man, it's, it's you know you got problems. That team's gonna have some problems. Yeah, you got problems, and, and you, know, you mentioned this is a game that they should should go out and this isn't one of those matchup opponents, right? This, this right. is a team that they should go out and, and be able to dominate, and they need to be able to get it done uh, because, as you mentioned, this Washington team is uh, <laughs> pretty good. I mean, Man, I, I was watching that game too, and and I mean, Michael Penix with just a flick of the wrist was hitting yeah. wide open guys for like. Okay, how did everybody get wide open 10 yards behind the defense at all times? Yeah. Now, now, talk about maybe things didn't go as planned. I got to think the way the game for Iowa started, mm-hmm. Ryan Ferentz was thinking, okay, I got a quarterback. I got an offense. We scored for the first on the first drive. Uh-huh. It was the first <laughs> play for the first time since 1991. Okay, we, we we up 14, and then and, and it was 10 points for the rest of the game. And it's 
I was going to always have the defense. I, I thought yeah. Kay McNamara would be the difference on offense. I, I don't. I don't know what to. They. They're just offensively challenged, Howard. I, I'm just. I'm beginning to believe that. I thought this would be a difference. Yeah. I didn't. I would that. say this. Let, I'd say let's give it another week. Okay. Uh, and the reason I say that is because Kate had been hurt through camp. Right. He, he really hadn't been out there. Uh, it, it was going to lead up to the game, whether or not he was going to be out there or not. Uh, but you could tell the timing was off uh, with him and his receivers. But, you know, it's about making plays ultimately. Right. And I think that when you look at this offense, I think they have the people in place. You look at the two tight ends really stepped up and played well for them. But they've got to find a way to get the ball outside on the perimeter to get some plays out of those guys, some explosion. And we've been talking about explosive plays with Iowa forever, it seems like, um, in the passing game. It really is it's always been a little bit of a struggle for them. But if they can get to that point, um, they're going to be in the game because defensively, you know that you know what you're going to get from them defensively. And then they, you know, the, the best corner in arguably in the league, you know, drops a tip pass and he'd still be running on for a touchdown. So, you know, this is a D, this is a team defensively. They're they're as sound as they can be, but the offense just has to be able to produce. You know, they got to be able to produce some more big plays. And I I want to wait another week and see. And obviously, you can you throw the records out with Iowa State. Right. This is always a a fierce battle between those two. But I but I think Iowa. I think we'll get a better idea who Iowa is offensively, uh, whether or not they can make the plays they need to this week. And and uh, I'm going to finish with this. It was just funny because I was expecting the air raid in Madison. <laughs> I think everybody was. It sputtered a little bit. It kind of went off the tarmac. And then all of a sudden, Fickle was like, wait a minute. You guys still know how to run block. We still got one of the best <laughs> running backs in the league. Tell Breland, put the helmet on. We're running the ball. And then all of a sudden, they look like Wisconsin again. Yeah, you know, I, I think if if I see this again this week, it's going to be the ground raid. It's going to be the new <laughs> name like of this that. thing. But, but I, I'll, I'll tell you this, and, and they talked about this while while we were there, and I think they they've alluded to it. They they know with with Allen and Malusi in the backfield when those two guys, particularly when Chaz is healthy, we're having those two that one two combination in the backfield is going to be difficult for for defenses to slow down. Because here's what what just the threat of that air raid means um, there's you're not going to see an eight man box. That safety that comes in there late is going to be late and he's going to be at the second or the third level trying to make a one on one tackle. And that, that's going to be tough duty against both of those guys. So the seams are going to be a little bit bigger. Uh, that one on one is going to happen a little later down the field versus uh, whether it's the safety or the corner, whoever it may be, is going to happen a little later. And they're going to have wider lanes to be able to pick from. And at some point, when they run the ball the way they ran it last week, there are going to be some problems outside. There are going to be some one-on-one matchups. And oh, yeah. uh, the ball's got to go up, and, and they've got to be able to complete it. That, that's kind of where I see this, you know, really see this team going right now because they're going to continue to run it, and they're going to do a good job with it. You know, you look at defensively, uh, having Trestle there, people thought, okay, they're going to switch back to the to the 4-3 defense, which he's more comfortable with. 
But I would say this, you know, they spent some time, they being the Cincinnati coaching staff, Luke Fickle and those guys, and Coach Trestle, came and visited uh, the Badgers <laughs> while Jim Leonard was there, right? Mm -hmm. So they studied that. They studied that that um, system, the 3-4, uh, and they implemented it some an occasion at Cincinnati. But the reality is this, when you have as many linebackers on your roster as they do right now, you need to be playing a 3-4 because that that's putting the players in the best position for them to win. And, and quite frankly, I don't care what scheme you have, you can be a genius at whatever you are. If you don't have the personnel right now to run it, you better adapt your scheme to what they, they're doing. And look, they've got some great defensive minds up there in Wisco, so they're going to get it figured out and then know what they need to do. But if they run the ball and control the clock the way they are, I mean, this is this is going to be a team that you're going to have to continue to watch out for. And as usual, we've always talked about it. The West is wide open, except for one team. We've talked about Northwestern. I think they're the only ones that's probably not going to be in the middle of it. Uh, Purdue's got some adjustments they need to make defensively, but I think they'll be able to do it. So the West is going to be a, a fun race this year. Yes. Yeah, speaking of Purdue, I mean – is this just growing pains? Will this team get better down the line? Because you, yeah, I you think really absolutely. are going from an offensive-minded coach to a defensive-minded coach. Yeah, and you know, I'm not, I'm not so concerned about uh, Ryan Walters being that defensive-minded coach. I, I'm, I'm kind of pulling a little bit away from just because you're a defensive guy, you, you can't play great offense. Graham Harold is, is probably as good as they get when you come to play callers and, and what they need to do. And I think Card is going to be the quarterback for them. I think one of the things they struggle with was running it consistently early mm -hmm. uh, and then giving up those big plays in the passing game defensively. We saw uh, a Fresno State team who is no slouch no, uh, when it comes to, to you know playing good offense. And they're led by you know one of the – one of the really special coaches uh, over time, over his career um, on the offensive side. And they ended up with safeties trying to cover slot receivers. And, and I don't care where you are, what level you're at. If you get that matchup, the ball needs to go there. And so many times we saw the ball go into that position where they had that one-on-one -on -one matchup. So to me, that's more schematic. So they have to make some adjustments and probably couldn't make them quick enough because Ryan Walters, remember, he's not calling defensive plays right now. He's not. Now, will that change this week? I don't know. They've got to find they've got to find that balance. But he went into this season thinking that he was not going to be, you know, calling defensive plays because he needed to, to, to be able to look at the big picture of this. You wonder how much of that will change this week. And as they move forward, but I think it's just about growing pains and understanding where you need to be able to spend your time. And obviously, you know, the players making the plays that they have to make when they're out there on the field. Howard, I know we pretty much covered the Big Ten, but I do want to ask you this, man. You're a college football person. Bigger mm -hmm. disappointment, LSU's second half or <laughs> just what happened to Clemson at Duke? Well, you know, LSU, listen, it's a talented football team, but <laughs> Florida State is really good. I mean, that is a really good program. They have really built this thing and kind of built it the right way. Uh, and this won't be the only uh, big game that they play this year. So Florida State, I thought, 
when you watch the game, I thought LSU would be a better team, but as Florida State has continued to build over the last couple of years, and then you see the way they played, I know Michigan State fans might not be as happy as a wide receiver running around there in Florida State. But you know what? Here's the thing. A lot of State fans got angry, and I said two things. One, portal giveth, portal taketh away. Mm -hmm. You guys weren't feeling bad for Wake Forest two years ago (laughs) when Kenneth Walker showed up here and took on the world. Mm-hmm. For this one, honestly, I think Keon went to a better system, a system that will help yeah. him. They run four wide, so he's going to get a lot of single coverage out there. When you're the other wide receiver is six, mm-hmm. seven, they can't just focus on you, whereas in the yeah. Big Ten, he would have probably faced a lot of double coverage, and yeah. this is only helping him. So I know state fans, <laughs> they don't want to see this, get used to this. And you know what? Just be happy for that young man. And yeah. when you get when you start feeling that way, remember you didn't feel sorry for Wake Forest. And hey, <laughs> maybe because after the first run of the game, I thought he was gonna pull a Kenneth Walker. Maybe you got something with Nate Carter at running back at uh-huh. UConn. So yeah, you can't be upset when somebody leaves because you benefited from the portal. Yeah, That's yeah, no doubt. Like yeah, no doubt. And, and listen, I, I think Florida State's gonna gonna be a story all year year long. Uh, you look at Clemson, uh, you talk about Duke. I mean, Duke has really started to make some strides going back to last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a well-coached team, uh, you know, a team that, that really knows who they are. You look at their quarterback, stepped up, made some huge plays when he needed to. Wow. Um, but it's it's one of those things, man, you, you kind of are wondering. Uh, and then you, what, you look at what DJ was able to do at Oregon State last weekend with the numbers he put up, yeah. and he was essentially run out of Clemson. So you kind of wonder, you know, has it run its course? Uh, you know, you, you just kind of wonder that, and you kind of scratch your head. And that'll be one of those stories that, you know, obviously we'll be watching all year, but that is not the way uh, Clemson really wanted to, to get their season started by going down to Duke. Now, nobody stays on top forever. Just see nope. Urban Meyer and the Florida Gators for a while. Mm. It looked like they could be pro teams, and now yeah. maybe Takes not. time. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it takes time, man. And, and, and I think one of the things that, that we learn uh, throughout college athletics, it is hard, particularly in football, it is hard to win and be consistent each and every year. It's just so hard to do. You might be able to get away with it a little bit more in basketball uh, because of schemes and you're able to you know, get certain players you know, four or five players that really can, or two players really that can change your, the outcome of your season. But you need a lot of guys in the football uh, area arena to be able to be consistent. You got to continue to recruit. And now with the portal and NIL, things have changed. And we talked about Dion already. But it looks like um, if he continues on this pace, and then I'm not saying all of a sudden they're getting ready to win uh, the Pac-12 and, and be in a national championship hunt. But I think coaches and I think administrators will look at it as long as we still have the current format. Well, look at, hey, you can build a team overnight. And that's really what, he, what he's been able to do. But I would also say this. It's because of who he is is the exactly. reason he was able yeah. to build a team the way he's built the team. Because yeah. he's wanted everything he's done. Uh, and he's always been, you know, the brightest light in the room when he's shown up. And we shouldn't be surprised that he right now, in my mind, when you look across college athletics, I mean, he is the he is the biggest story in, in our network. Uh, the Big Ten, Fox bet on him. They they came up big last week, 
And now mm-hmm. they've got them again with Big Noon this weekend. So we'll see how things play out against Nebraska. We should definitely see that, man. And uh, we'll see what Nebraska can do. Howard, I appreciate your time. How about this? Let's do this again next Thursday. Let's Sounds run it like back. a plan, my man. And we'll see how the Big Ten fared if, if we made bigger strides. Colorado, Nebraska, Nebraska, we're looking at you. Finish strong. All right. For Howard Griffith, I'm Rico Bid. Thanks for listening and watching the Five Star Zone. Keep liking, telling your friends, and subscribing. We'll be back next week. <laughs>